Manhattan spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 217th annual Subliminal Section Podcast. Your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. I know we're we're creating a new rule. We're not going to talk about the weather because this isn't the weather channel. But pre-winter Cody has been engaging this last week, okay? So for winter, I like to have indoor hobbies, right, that I like yep. to do. So... I started, uh, like last year, I was reading a lot. I picked that back up. I, I'm giving a second go of finishing the book It. 1,200 pages. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yep. And then I bought a cheap painting kit, and I was painting last <laughs> night. And I gotta say, quite therapeutic. Yeah, I actually, so I kind of uh, wasted away my Arizona winter on video games and Netflix. Yeah. I, I did kind of have little aspirations to do some indoor activities. I wanted to do the whole uh, like baking bread, try giving that a shot. Uh, you know, those are my big dreams. Also doing crafts and stuff like that too would be kind of cool. Uh, some of the stuff that your sister does, like where she takes a canvas and then um, kind of what it's like makes like the designs and stuff like the really easy kind of like home art that you can make. Like I would say what she has done a few times is like abstract art, I think. Yeah, it's the kind of stuff that you see at like a home goods yeah, store yeah. kind of deal where that stuff is like printed. She's actually taken paint and I think it's the deal where you like you tape it down yep. so that you get different designs. Yeah, yep. that kind of stuff would be cool. I mean, your mom is a great painter. My mother's a great painter. It's in our genes, Phil. Yeah, I couldn't dream of doing what my mom does yeah. in a thousand years of practicing. <laughs> I like for one, I don't have the patience for it. For two, I just would get angry at myself. Like I, I would get better and better at it, but not good enough to be as good as I wanted to be. So it's one of those deals, just like with Rocket League. <laughs> I would just <laughs> the better you get, the worse you realize you really are. You should consider this too if you do decide to older millennial hobby here. So I like it because with my mother, I can be like, okay, what are some tips on like what I should do, you know, to try to accomplish what I want? So it's great from that purpose. Um, take one guess what my first thing I painted was. Ooh, I'm going to say, was it either horror yeah movie something was it that i mean think of our elementary school trauma oh christianity (laughs) (laughs) i painted this nun okay Mm. and the nun is bleeding out of her eyes and i i didn't get too far i'm kind of either deciding if i want to do zombie nun or 
something else. I haven't got that far yet, but I remember I was pretty proud of it. <laughs> and I sent a picture. Did you name it Sister Mariella? <laughs> I <laughs> what an evil woman. <laughs> I um I sent a picture of it to my mom and she's like, Wow, that's really good, but it's really disturbing. <laughs> I'm like, Well, you know what? That's that's what I wanted to go for. But um yeah, I don't know. I don't know what is it about nuns. But maybe it's just like trauma or something. But I just love painting them in an evil way, I guess. Yeah. All summer, there was the advertisements for, I believe it's just called The Nun. Yeah. The horror movie that I I don't know if it's come out yet or not, but um, I haven't seen as many advertisements for it. So I do believe it probably did come out because once it once those movies actually come out, you stop seeing ads for them. Yeah. And I'm guessing it's bad because. The first Nun movie I thought was pretty shit, but uh, mm. but yeah. But anyway, Phil, yeah. So here's the other thing real quick about your, before we get going here. Um, yeah. About baking. Now, wouldn't it perhaps be better for you to bake in the winter months because you'd be at a more ideal temperature for yeast? Well, yeah, probably that. Also, you're not um, overheating your... So I live in an apartment. It's actually pretty cheap to cool my apartment. Luckily, I have an apartment that's like out of the sun and on the first floor. So if I turn on my oven, it's not that bad. But yeah, I I suppose I know nothing about it, so I would have to learn all of that. It'd be a lot of trial and error. Uh, Recently, I've tried (laughs) getting really good at making pancakes. I do think that the griddle I bought is not good for pancakes because it gets too hot. Um, The weird thing is my first pancake that I make turns out really well. The next ones, the griddle is too hot and the batter runs everywhere. Yeah. So I'm thinking that I need to lower the heat down a little bit. Yeah, probably. I want to make one call out to our fans involving cooking here and with the problem Phil had. If you can tell me a way to cook a steak in a pan without oil splashing all over your oven. I would really like to know the secret because I don't know how the fuck to do that. But uh, Fucking impossible. Yeah, yeah. it's impossible. But uh, anyway, Phil, take the reins and lead us on a journey. All right, let's hit it. The American Dream, a goal sought after by natural-born and future American citizens for generations now. With the meaning of the dream remaining pretty much the same throughout the decades, that being the opportunity to succeed and prosper through tenacity, sacrifice, attaining for yourself and your family stability, comfort, and status. Whether that means a chicken in every pot, a McMansion in the suburbs, (laughs) or the latest iPhone and a pair of Air Jordans to match, the American dream is attained through one means. And that is, of course, hard work, either at your own enterprise or possibly at a job that you most likely hate. Yeah, um, I got something to say about this that kind of blows my mind a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I think I've stated on the show before. I'm a fan of the hit show 90 Day Fiance and the spinoffs. Yep. And I've really learned that people who don't live in America have a really unique idea about what the United States is. Literally to the fact where they think everybody's rich and like <laughs> happy, you know what I mean? But if you live here, I feel like you kind of know that is 
a lifestyle reserved for a few. I have only seen maybe a few episodes of the first couple seasons of that show. And definitely a lot of those people, they're big, they're kind of big stars now. But a lot of those people coming in, it almost like they they imagine that when they got here, the person that they were moving here for was going to live in a mansion. Yeah. Like I, I remember there was one woman from I don't know which country she was uh, South, like maybe Southeast Asia or like a Pacific Islander. But like she ended up having to move into a trailer with this guy. And she just couldn't imagine that anyone in America like lived in a trailer, like didn't have like just a big house and nice car and all of that, you know, all the trappings. I guess one of the weird things is uh, my sister worked with a lot of uh, people in like for elderly care. A lot of them are from outside the United States. A lot of them grew up thinking that like American streets were just paved in gold. Like just everyone had money. No one worked. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, there's another theme that I have noticed them talk about is they see the movies that are set in America and assume that is how all of America is. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I remember in high school, we had the foreign exchange students come to our hometown. And we always ask the the question you have to ask them when you live in Cresco, Iowa is like, <laughs> did you imagine, did you like, did you choose to come here? Like, where did you want to go? And I remember it was the one girl from Sweden and she was like, well, you know, I, my first choice was Los Angeles, then New York, then Miami. And no, Iowa was not on my list. I didn't even know Iowa existed. Basically. It's like, they think that when they, um, they think that when they get here, they're going to go to like the best main place. Oh, some of them even from when I lived in England, a lot of them would say they have no idea that like even a middle exists, you know, something between the coasts, that sort of thing. Really? Wow. Yeah. Like there's so much middle. That's the thing about America, I guess, that maybe surprises them is how much fucking middle there is. Yeah. Yeah. There was one chick I talked to. She didn't even know like where Chicago was, basically. <laughs> like, oh, it's a really big city. Like, oh, it's, it's not New York. <laughs> like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> it uh, It is a big, it's probably the biggest city in the Midwest. But uh, yeah, I guess mm -hmm. I'm in the middle. You're kind of in the middle, too, I guess, in a sense. Um, if you're considering between New York and California, but yeah, anything outside of New York and California, that's not Florida is considered the middle. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what if all that slipped through your fingertips, those countless hours of learning your craft, honing all the necessary skills, and most importantly, working your way up that corporate ladder were all for naught. As one fateful day, you step through that maze of cubicles en route to your little slice of heaven, only to find an empty cardboard box and a printed out letter on your keyboard. Now, taking notice of all the co-workers that you once worked with, packing up their belongings, some laughing, some crying, all replaced. Not by some fresh-faced kid out of state school or a foreign firm that took all your jobs due to cost-cutting measures. No. These men and women in this hypothetical situation are being phased out due to the subject of today's episode. The very tech that had been promised to improve their work quality and increase personal production. And that is, of course, AI and the advent of the super algorithms. You don't want... In this... 
hypothetical scenario, Phil. I got to say, my first day, I'd probably be happy. But then Mm. the reality would set in like, oh, I don't have a job. Probably going to be homeless. Going to have to do something. I don't know. But um, but yeah, I think this is the biggest fear. But I know know we're probably going to be talking about it. But shouldn't rich people be afraid of this too? I don't really know. So it's kind of hard to say rich people have their money working for them. True. Is kind of the situation. So they're still going to have their investments. They're still going to own their properties. That's that sort of thing. Also really they have plenty of money. Usually I'm talking about like wealthy, rich people, Um, rich, rich people, you know, to an extent. Yes. Today, really, we're talking more about the middle class. And I'll kind okay. of get into it in a little bit on how kind of the idea of like what jobs were going to be taken over by the machines has changed in the last like decade. But yeah, we're definitely talking about like the middle, middle and maybe the upper middle class right now. Yeah, I would say anybody not from America, I would say the middle class is the one who's been taking the beating. <laughs> For many years, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. Yeah. The the as a as a group, they've definitely been taking the beating, but it's almost like uh kind of like the AI is going to really like kick you in the balls personally. Is yeah. is kind of what we're gonna be talking about. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. It uh there's a well, I'm sure you're gonna get into it. we'll we'll discuss that uh, as we get there. Yeah, kind of with with the middle class, it's more people who you're not really working with your hands as much. So like, unless you're say you're the owner of a like construction business or a plumbing business or doing something like that, where you, maybe you're still working with your hands, but you are like owner operator, then you're probably in like the middle class. You're just still blue collar. So you're kind of like, you're a little bit in between, but uh, the middle class is more kind of like office jobs, that sort of thing. Well, I think, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I think theoretically the middle class is considered kind of the people who, I don't want to say drones, but mm. the the people who kind of keep the company go, like going, you know what I mean? Like the, it's usually like a, a wage bracket, I think is how they technically decipher it, but um, I guess people who job is quote unquote easily replaced right but the ai would definitely affect the blue collar people harder right than the white collar people not necessarily so i'll i'll we'll actually talk about it right now okay um so 20 years ago 10 years ago basically there was all of these kind of like in factories and Uh, There was a lot of like robots coming in and there was like less need for manual labor and more need for like tech jobs, jobs like as computers started coming in on the factory floor, there needed to be like more tech, more tech jobs, less human like hands on jobs were needed. And it kind of was seen as this thing where there would be factories full of machines making stuff. We've we've gotten to the point now where it's kind of like we're at the the end of that. You know what I mean? Like you still need factories with humans working in them. And robots only 
can do like so much. There's only so much that like a robot's cans can do for the time being. In the future, maybe um, there might be like super, you know, specialized robots that can do things. The problem is it's cheaper to actually it's cheaper to have those jobs go out to a foreign market but you still need humans in like factory floors you still need humans and especially too we're going to talk about uh the jobs that like really can't be replaced by ai people who are like plumbers carpenters uh if you do jobs where it's not monotonous where one day you might be doing drywall the next day you might be uh, fixing electricity kind of deal electricians too those people make a really decent amount of money and their jobs are not easily you know taken away by like robots or ai that sort of thing there is some there is some thought that construction might be affected because basically there's a, an idea that buildings in the future are going to be like 3d printed rather than built that sort of deal i actually would push back a little because not that they'd be affected right away, but the thought that there couldn't become sentient AI workers, I don't think that's that out of the possibility. Yeah, the problem is by that time, I think they're going to have it all kind of figured out on where humans just don't need to work at all. Oh. So that's kind of like we're in we're in the in-between time. We're at like the advent of this kind of like weird pre-AI algorithm type situation, that's way at the end when we're all basically sitting around learning how to bake bread, writing poetry, and worshipping our machine overlords. That sort of situation. (sighs) I gotta say, Phil, it makes me a little sad to know you and I will probably be long dead before we ever get get to enjoy not working ourselves (laughs) to death. I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, our generation will not retire. We will still be 90 years old. Probably <laughs> they're probably going to hold fucking Walmart greeter jobs for basically. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping we get I colonize other planets or something. I don't fucking know. Just something, something groundbreaking. I don't know. Humanity will probably mostly die out. Earth will be a burnt out cinder. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I don't have much hope for this whole whole, whole Earth experiment thing. But true. Very true. Now, to start off today's episode, uh, we're gonna give just a little smidge of history, as like there really isn't much of it. Uh, even the company that's been really at the leading edge of all this technology, uh, OpenAI, they haven't really even existed that long. Not even an entire decade yet. So way back in December of 2015, some co-creators, I guess you can call them, uh, amongst them Sam Altman, Greg Brockman, John Shulman, Aya Sukskaver, I don't know how to spell their name, uh, and also Elon Musk, too. Uh, They all co-founded OpenAI. They really wanted to go about recruiting the best engineers and computer scientists that they could find. Their mission was to ensure that artificial general intelligence would benefit all of humanity. Though currently, Elon Musk is no longer on the board of OpenAI, I was reading. Apparently, he stepped down in 2018. Though, of course, from what I've read, he still does give himself a lot of credit. Uh, Sam Altman is the company's current CEO. You know why Elon Musk? Okay, so this is what I think is funny about Elon Musk. So the benefits to all humanity, okay? If you think about Elon Musk, those words and him 
I don't even think correlate at all because technically he's kind of part of the problem, which is maybe why he quit because then he got really rich. And uh, yeah, <laughs> well, he's I, been he's he's been progressively more and more. But I'm saying over o- the years. O- but you're saying like in 2018, he yeah, became super rich. over oh, the okay. last five years. His wealth is like insane. And now all I ever hear him do, do is complain about AI. So I don't get why he helped start it. And now he's telling people we need to stop it. So I don't understand <laughs> him. But, uh, you know, that's rich people problems. I don't you know what I mean? Yeah, you would think if he doesn't like the direction that OpenAI is going, he could have just bought the whole fucking thing. Maybe he tried. That possibly could be it, well, too. I don't know. You know, he, he'd rather spend all his money buying Twitter to quote-unquote battle the, the <laughs> libtards. So, yeah, that's very much more important to humanity than uh, than anything else. Gotta Gotta battle them woke warriors on Twitter. Yeah, and now we have to call Twitter X. <laughs> Do we? Did he change? I'm it? just, I'm just kidding. No one actually calls it X. But <laughs> <laughs> what? I, when were him and Zuckerberg gonna fight? I thought that was a thing, but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> no, probably not. I don't think it's actually gonna happen. Rich people don't actually fight. True, true. Very <laughs> it true. would be funny if they just, <laughs> they both paid a couple of bums in front of a McDonald's to duke it out. <laughs> it's that probably what they funny. would do. It's probably what they would do. To be honest. Yeah, at their little fucking owl party that all those rich people have. (laughs) Now, the company has come out in the last eight or nine years with some pretty innovative uh, products. The first, uh, the one that really everyone's heard about, uh, ChatGPT. This dropped in November of 2022. It kind of just was given to the public it's not really their best version of the product it's just i think really what it was was kind of like something to warm everyone up to the idea and get kind of uh you know really almost like get everyone's input on like how to use it pretty much too yeah i do have plans for an episode in chat b gb GPT, goddamn you! Who the fuck named this shit? But um, but yeah, <laughs> it, <some> nerd. <laughs> it was funny. My friend, he uses it for his job sometimes, and um, yeah, he showed me how. I remember he said he like typed something in as like Cody and Phil make a podcast episode where Cody and Phil talk about the Loch Ness monster, and <laughs> just like it printed out a whole script and shit. It was pretty funny. But, uh, Does it know? Did it know who we were? <laughs> well, it just puts that as like, oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. So, but it would be like Cody says this, Phil says this, Cody says this. You can actually. So, I've kind of looked into it uh, a little bit for this episode, and you know, everyone's obviously heard about it by now. But you can kind of have it do it in the style of people who. Are so say you want to have them do it in the style of like Joe Rogan and uh, Bill Maher that sort of thing, and it'll it'll try to type it out so it sounds like Joe Rogan and Bill Maher actually speaking. Oh, that would be cool. kind of that would be crazy if it actually knew who we were because we've done so many episodes. You know what? We have such so much of our voice out there. It'd be weird if they did that. Ah, uh, yeah, I, it didn't do that, but that'd be kind of funny, like a deep fake thing. Yeah, that'd be scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the first one, uh, GPT-4. This is OpenEye's, supposedly their premier version of kind of like ChatGPT. This is like the paid subscription 
type deal. It's supposed to be like much smoother, give you you know much better results, that sort of situation. I've I, never actually seen this one in use. It's just the cheap chat GPT version that I saw. And apparently like I've seen a couple of things on like the Bing AI uh, deal too, but okay. I don't know about that. Well, I assume usually when I see things like open AI or open something, usually what that tells me, and I don't know if you read that about this, but like if you pay for it, you can use the program to like build stuff off of it, if that makes sense. Like say you were making a video game or something and you wanted to utilize an AI feature, you could like develop it using an open AI to then put it in the game in some way or something like that. Does that make sense? Almost kind of like you're licensing it. Yes, yes. And you can use the tools of the program to create stuff. Gotcha. I think yeah. what most people are doing right now is just kind of playing around chat GPT. And if they do make any projects with it, they're just kind of, you know, illegally using yeah. it or stealing it, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. paying any money for it. Yeah. There, you do hear a lot about kids in college doing essays using these programs. And the funny ones are the ones who forget to erase the prompts at the top. <laughs> That's the funny ones. Idiots. <laughs> the next one I'm going to talk about uh, really quick here. Doll E2, which is an AI system that can create realistic images and art simply from like kind of the same prompt that you would use with chat GPT. So like in the same style. I think I've seen some of these. This is pretty groovy, actually. Like some yeah, of these, the these can be really cool. Yeah. I know everyone always is like, oh, you asked it to make a biblically right angel. And it just is like this sloppy mess on a page. And I'm like, I don't know if this proves anything, guys. It just looks like a ball with wings on it. And it looks like shit. I don't <laughs> you ever seen it? <laughs> I haven't seen that specific image that you're talking about, but I have seen it. I do know that. Uh, the more like specific that you get, almost like getting better at asking for things will give you better results. That's ah, what I've heard from okay. like this program. Okay, that's cool. So if you just ask for like, oh, show me what an angel would really look, the computer just takes. Um, it doesn't narrow down the 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 search results, the fields. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically, when you ask it something that open, it's just going to mash a bunch of shit together. But I guess if you like narrow down your search, it'll give you something like very like well defined that sort of situation. Honestly, this might I mean this might be good. Like obviously, I have painting on my brain right now. But if you like typed in something and it made the picture for you, and then you tried to use that picture to like paint it or something. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that okay. kind of later on. All right. But um, yeah, that would be uh, actually this Dolly program might be the one that I actually would like to use kind of like, you know, actually make, <laughs> make some paintings for your house and stuff. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be bad. But the last one I'm going to mention is a program called whisper. Now whisper can transcribe speech into text. And supposedly it can translate many languages. English, I believe. I've seen things on Instagram about this. Uh, basically, people saying that the nail salons are going to be lit after <laughs> this comes into like wide use <laughs> because of you know all the people working on their nails talking shit about the customers. Ah, okay. I was see. I was thinking more positive, where it's like 
you go to an ethnic restaurant of some kind and you're having trouble ordering, uh, might be mm-hmm. helpful. But um, but yeah, it uh, something like that would definitely come in handy. No, in that situation with the the restaurant and the server, I take pride in my ignorant American status <laughs> and <laughs> say all the words wrong and just you know ask for things that aren't on the menu. That yeah. sort of shit. Yeah, as long as they got ranch, you're satisfied. <laughs> Can I get some ranch dressing <laughs> on those wong tongs? <laughs> Definitely. No, I wouldn't put ranch on wong tongs. I'm not a monster. But now we did talk a little bit about this topic on our 2022 year in review episode. And during that discussion, we actually mostly discussed the future of AI and robots uh, in the form of driverless vehicles, Uh, that being the loss of jobs due to the impending takeover of robot Ubers and autonomous truckers. However, discussion about those job losses actually has slowed down a little bit uh, since we recorded that episode, as the future of autonomous vehicles is still not yet really kind of put out there so autonomous vehicles aren't yet trusted like we thought they would be to navigate the world mostly inhabited by their human counterparts which are very dangerous drivers Uh, these robots mostly are still unable to traverse the dangerous and unpredictable road systems Uh, most humans uh, kind of you know at this point find it mundane though Robot drivers are having a much harder time than originally thought. Uh, The discussion of lost jobs has instead turned to really everyone else's job. As the spread of and the exponential growth of AI seems to be even faster than what had been just theorized a year ago. So for this episode, rather than talking about autonomous vehicles, we will break down the future careers that will be most affected by the growth of AI, some of which are pretty obvious. Others might really surprise you. Okay. You know what? I When you were saying that, the only thing that kept going through my head is it must be a shitty AI to drive vehicles if it can't even comprehend with drunk drivers, stone drivers, assholes, <laughs> Old people, if you can't drive better than them, you might need to just scrap the whole whole idea altogether. Yeah, really, my whole kind of idea about driving, I stick to my fucking, you know, I stick to the speed limit, I stick to inside my lines, and I just, you know, I just go along. You know, you have people on motorcycles whizzing around you, you know, cutting lanes of traffic and all that shit. Uh, asshole drivers speeding past you and then fucking, you know, breaking right in front of you. You just got to keep to yourself pretty much. But I, it's I, from what I've heard, it's a lot of the pedestrians on the road is the thing that really fucks these things up, supposedly. Well, that or the cops won't have anybody to pull over. That'd probably be a problem too. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't know. I here's a challenge to our subliminal deception listeners: go out driving around on a Sunday morning. This is one of the closest you can come to death in your life, especially if it's like right after church gets out. Fucking forget about it. Yeah, driving anywhere in between the church. And any of the buffets that are in town. Yeah. Yeah. That's a death sentence yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember, God, driving around Lime Springs, Iowa, 
and just the people there on a 25, 30 mile an hour road driving eight miles an hour. Oh was, my God. <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> Glad to be out of that fucking town. Yeah. All right. Now, before we start, I do want to say uh, the future is not certain. What we thought about, you know, all of this technology kind of you know, what it would mean uh, has really changed just in not only the last year, but like the last few months. I've I've been looking up articles and a lot of the articles that I saw eight months ago, six months ago are much different than the ones that I'm kind of seeing like two or three months ago. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the views and kind of like what jobs AI would take has really changed kind of as more and more. Uh, ideas of what AI can do kind of come out there. Yeah, yeah. And as we found out, probably greatly in the last three years too, fear-mongering switches targets a lot. So, and this is a hot, hot, hot button issue. So, yeah, who who's in the crosshairs is probably going to vary week to week. Oh, definitely too. And also, it depends on who wrote the article because almost all of the articles that I was reading were they seemed like they might have been put out there by kind of like these people who are selling the career advice, ah. uh, that sort of situation where they're telling you like, oh, these these career fields, are, these career fields are going to be taken over by AI. But here's what you can do to get ahead of the curb. And you should train yourself into this instead of doing this job. You should do this job, that sort of thing. So. You know, you should really be scared, and maybe this will be on your list, is big colleges, when kids can just have AI robots, teach them the same courses for a reasonable price, those colleges are going to be really mad. It doesn't matter. It's all about that paper. That's <laughs> all that matters. It does not matter even the slightest what you learn in college. It's where you go and who you met when you got there. Yep. Who you blew. Networking. Who you blew. Yep. Who you blew. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, first off, probably the most obvious one and what pretty much topped every single list of jobs in danger on all of the articles that I was reading while researching this topic is that of anyone who works in data process, which means pretty much anyone who just slaves away at a desk all day, inputting numbers and information into computer programs. Now, People in this career field, including myself, will definitely see shrinking demand for their jobs as the programs that are coming about in the future become extremely adept in cutting down on mundane tasks, which is pretty much a job description for anyone pounding keys on. Okay, I'm going to have a little rebuttal for this, Phil, and I actually think them replacing data processing jobs is actually a net positive for humanity because if there is a specific job that has people on the brink of suicide, <laughs> it might be data processing due to the dull, mundane nature of it. So I think if they are no longer forced to work these jobs, they will overall be happier people. What do you say about that? Yeah, so my job might be a little bit less able to be taken over by a computer, like in the short term, just because of how much like different random stuff 
I have to do, how much research I have to do into all the different stuff that I actually input. So I'm probably a little bit safer. There are people who literally just fill in the same like two or three, maybe five fields on different pages all day. Yeah. Just the same information, fucking eight hours a day, total zombies. Though some people like they can shut off their brain, they pop in a podcast and they're all good. Yeah, I actually have known some people who I I say they like they like you said, they just it doesn't bother them doing this over and over because it doesn't require a whole lot of brain power. But if you're like easily distracted and need like some stimulation, it can be and if you have a clock near you that you can look at, it can be it can be daunting. Yeah, the thing is, you never want to look at the clock. No, no. <laughs> you just you just want to, you know, keep your eyes on your work and keep your, you know, you got to you got to definitely wear some headphones. You got to keep your brain busy. I kind of I imagine it as you have like two levels to your consciousness. You have kind of like the the shitty grunt work part of your brain. And then you have like the higher thinking part of your brain you really do need to keep like the higher part of your brain occupied while you do the shitty work. yeah that so. is a very good point very good pointer. just like when we just like when we used to oh sorry i said just a it's just a very good pointer to anybody who has a boring job and you need something else like phil said stimulate your brain in other ways yeah just like when we used to make pizzas you got to throw the fucking tunes on yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't just have silence. You can't just hear the fucking uh <laughs> the thing that flattened out the to, dough or you'll go crazy. To be fair, we were able to talk to each other. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So that did help yeah. a lot. Yeah. We weren't <laughs> we weren't completely slaves to that place. Mm-mm. Now, there will be a reoccurring theme to today's episode. Uh a lot of these programs in the early stages will make work easier. It'll actually add to productivity. And just like all the other jobs, this will make the work of data processors extremely easy. This will allow people in these career fields to work much faster and more efficiently. With most of their work being actually more proofreaders for the fields populated by the AI than actually inputting the data themselves. However, future generations of these programs will become much more precise. Uh, the human element really won't need to be there to, you know, quality control all of this inputted data. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of jobs will probably be lost when the inputting of data doesn't need to be there. Maybe the best worker stays just to make sure that the machine's, you know, putting out the cookies right. But then after that, he'll probably be gone too. I feel like very wealthy people get a little nervous about this because if they get AI doing everything and they never fuck up, cooking the books could become a little bit harder for them. Ooh, I honestly, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That is a really good point. How are you going to cook the books with a fucking, (laughs) with an AI accountant? That is, that's a really good point. I, I'm guessing, you know, when you have something like that, then you have somebody who, a hacker of some kind who has developed a little thing to scramble them and like overlook errors and it'll be a whole thing. Oh, definitely. You can, (laughs) you'll be able to turn the triggers down 
on it. You know, let a let a little bit of inconsistency slide. I imagine. Also, though, I wonder: Will the T one thousand call the IRS the moment that the uh, company's <laughs> numbers don't turn out right? Well, he just goes after them and kills them if their books ain't right. <laughs> no, I just did. It was a nickname joke, but the um, you know, the the AI telling on company when it's uh when it's stuff doesn't come out right yeah that's actually a really good point i didn't think about that but it it is pretty interesting too it would be nice if that existed and there was a ai that meticulously overwatches any of the government elected officials too that would be brilliant you're starting to go into the danger zone there well <laughs> when you when you're putting the ai in charge of the government no 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 I'm just saying, like, there's a little thing that follows them around and records them constantly uh, <laughs> and looks over anything that anything they type up to make sure there's no nothing untoward going on. But yes, I get it. it's a dangerous path. Oh, you could definitely hardwire one of those things to to take anyone out that you don't like. So, yeah, very true. Very yeah. true. Now, much like how the people entering the data will be replaced next up. We will be talking about the people who actually decipher and interpret that data. Their jobs will also be in danger of being taken out by AI. This takes us to our next career field, which will eventually feel the squeeze. And that is anyone who works in analytics. Uh, Just like the data processors, data analyzers will at first use these programs to greatly increase their productivity. However, they will also see their career prospects dwindle. As those programs begin to more accurately spot trends and forecast better and faster than any human could reasonably be asked to produce without sacrificing the quality of their work. Also remember that with the loss of all these employees, companies will become leaner and more efficient across the board. They will need much less office space for their dwindling workforce, which means not only less janitorial and employee support staff, this also means less managers, like mid-level and major managers too. Yeah, it is hard because it basically, like you said, affects everybody except for the people who actually get the money. You know what I mean? Um, I honestly, I would kill to watch a AI robot getting called into HR for, <laughs> say, for typing something bad about another AI robot that I can't wait for that. And then you have AI robot, although most HR people tend to be a little robot anyway, so I think maybe their yeah. job's safe. Yeah, I don't know. It Would this also eliminate the annoying people? Like you're watching a football game and they're like, oh, this quarterback is number one in, I don't know, whatever stat that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like those analytics or, oh my God, that shit would be, I'd be okay with them getting rid of that. You'll have even more. So imagine all of these TV programs utilizing AI for, you know, analyzing the sports stats and everything like that. You'll get even more of it because it'll become better. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll be able to figure out more trends, more like forecast more out there stuff. So it'll, it'll increase. I don't think we need it. I just don't think we need fringe stats just to make that one player look better than they actually are. I hate that. 
Yeah. It depends on if it sells. If it doesn't sell, then it's not going out to, you know, it's, it's all about the money. So if you're seeing it, that means someone's buying it. That sort of situation. Honestly, there it- are people who on, you know, Saturday and Sunday sit down and watch ESPN all day. I mean, I can't say I haven't spent a day watching football, but um, yeah, you mean like not the games, just sports. ES- sports Center. Yeah, the replays, Sports Center, that all that stuff. In between the games, they're watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're yeah. watching basically the same kind of discussions over and over. Again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's too much for me. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there are some people who just, you know, kind of jump on to like I would when I had, you know, cable, I would jump on to see like some highlights and see what they were talking about with, you know, like the big wins or the upsets, that kind of stuff. But I couldn't watch it for more than an hour because you they just keep talking about the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I have definitely left it on in the background while I'm doing other stuff and just not Mm -hmm. bother to change the channel. Like if I'm was playing a game or something and it left the TV on and was like kind of listening to it, but not adamantly paying attention to it. Yeah. But I mean, getting back to this a little bit, kind of the deal is with this, uh, the less people you have, the less people you need. So imagine you were talking about like HR. Imagine not having a whole department of HR. Imagine there being just like maybe one or two of them for an entire like corporation, that sort of situation. I wouldn't be mad. (laughs) <laughs> definitely <laughs> it would be great too if one day the a- the ai could fire out the hr people yeah too. yeah i mean you'd probably <laughs> experience more humanity out of the ai robots than some of the hr people oh guarantee yeah yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> just watching as the entire hr staff just wa- walks out of the building with their sad little boxes yeah that'd be worth getting fired probably (laughs) yelling every single fireable obscenity on their way out the fucking door (laughs) guaranteed oh they're dropping seek yeah definitely yeah Yeah. now next on the chopping block will be anyone working in call centers this will include telemarketers and customer service representatives basically anyone who annoys you on the phone so this is a pretty easy one as it's already becoming more and more common to speak to a robot on the phone when calling a company than actually like a real human being. And it'll become even more common as we start to see chatbot, these chatbot programs becoming more and more advanced. Uh, They'll eventually supplant the need for a real life human representative speaking to customers on the phone. This will make worker-filled call centers in the future obsolete, even faster than the ultra-cheap kind of foreign call centers, though eventually those two will get the axe. <sighs> I'm on the fence with this one because I hate telemarketers. I hate calling customer service already, even when it's humans. Um, I will say the Amazon one, right? is when you use the AI chat box or whatever stupid thing they have, it doesn't fight you. It does not fight you. It just, if you want a refund, it'll just give you a fucking refund. It doesn't fight you about it. You know what I mean? That like trying to con you into keeping this shit or calling you a liar for returning it. It just does what you want it to and everybody moves on with their goddamn day. It's not a person who works... Best Buy employee customer service. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say that. So my cable, my, well, it used to be my cable and internet. Now I just only have internet. 
It's called Cox out here. A few years ago, they switched from having like humans pick up the phone when you called to just having robots. And it is a breath of fresh air to actually (laughs) call the company to tell them about a problem you're having or to try to pay your bills and not have a human try and get you back, like trying to get you cable again or trying to get you to have a landline. That bullshit. It's so nice just to pay my bill and click off. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I don't want to be try to con and sold into stuff. I just want to do what I called you for and just to move the fuck on. Exactly. It like honestly, talking to a human, they would put you on hold so much. They would so much bullshit. It would take like 25, 30 minutes just for a simple little thing. With robots, it's only a couple of minutes and yeah. then you're off the phone. Yeah. It's actually it's actually not bad at all. It's kind of a good thing about robotics, yeah. probably. Yeah. I agree. Though, really, when those robotics get better at their job, let's call it more able to sell you things, maybe that'll turn around and get worse in the future. But for right now, I think we're fine. If we just had the chatbots that we have right now, I think we're good. That is a valid point. Hopefully, because you couldn't just tell that you couldn't just tell them to shut up or you're not interested. They probably tell you the whole spiel before going on to why you called them. Oh, yeah. The robot's not going to have any shame. It's, no. You can no, swear no, no, at no, it, no. call it anything you want. It's just going to keep selling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. always selling. Always selling. So the next career field that we're going to talk about that is most likely, from what I was reading, going to take a huge hit is anyone working in like a legal department. These are jobs like contract writers, paralegals, really they're expected to see a lot of job losses. This is because a lot of those prompt-driven text programs are expected to do in seconds what it may have taken an office full of people hours to accomplish. Also, more advanced AI will be able to take from the vast wealth of knowledge on the internet, uh, able to find loopholes and previous judgments that even a room full of the best legal minds couldn't dream of thinking up. That is very true. I will say this too, Phil, and I, I this is I think this might be another point you need to consider when you're thinking mm-hmm. about this. Sometimes, let's take for a lawyer, let's take for a doctor or a CEO or something. It's not always just about having a human doing the job. They need people to actively be able to put down and yell at. So they are going to want if they can't yell at a robot, they can't make a robot feel bad. So I can't say for a paralegal for certain, but I'm guessing a paralegal gets yelled at quite a bit. <laughs> what do you feel about that? True. Yeah, um, they probably will still need to have nurses, not only for that human element, but there is someone that doctors will need to grind beneath their boot Yeah, still. yeah. You got to so remember. Orderlies and nurses are still going to be around probably. Yeah, you got to remember people in places of power need people that they can elevate themselves above. So a robot, they can't do that. I mean, you got you can't stand on a robot's back and see the whole world. (laughs) If you're look, if you're mad, you go home and yell at your pillow. It it doesn't do anything like, yeah, you're going to feel better in the moment, but it's just not the same. Yeah. You need a human victim. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of the deal with this is it's not really like the high-level lawyers 
that are going to get replaced because they're kind of still going to be like when you're talking about like legal firms, they're probably still going to be at like the top of those firms. Obviously, you're not going to take AI into a courtroom and have two AIs battling each other. So uh, you're still going to need like the humans for like the legal in in the legal system. This is more like the lower level stuff, the yeah. contract stuff, yeah. the the legal writing, all of that. They're going to take the big hits. Uh, the superstars, which is going to become a really common theme, is talking about like the highest end people, the superstars in their field. Their jobs are probably going to be like the last ones to go just because, you know, obviously they're going to, you know, have the most. You need them still. That sort of situation. I have a fantasy, Phil, and we're going to have two AI robots. Okay. Each lawyers, one robot. (laughs) It's going to be a civil case against each other. Okay. One robot's going to be defending OJ Simpson and the other robot's going to be defending Casey Anthony. And we're gonna see which one of them is better at proving the <laughs> the other one wrong. I don't know what they're suing each other about, but um, two people who escaped uh, justice. I'd love to see the AI robots uh, go at it with them. Yeah, just honestly, that would be a great thing to put into Chat GPT. Uh, give me a reason why Casey. <laughs> and all you see is the little spinning <laughs> yeah the spinning browser and thing then, uh, uh, it thinking uh, trying bro- to figure out a reason a little prompt po- uh, pops up and uh it goes sorry everyone <laughs> chad gpt is down for the day it's under maintenance <laughs> right now that'd be my dream <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on next up i actually put these next jobs into kind of a group uh there are three examples kind of really in the same kind of field uh they all use their to produce works of brilliance uh, their careers up until recently had actually been thought to be immune from the takeover though recently there has been worry starting to brew over the potential of these new programs and their ability to become ever more sophisticated now these programs which had previously been seen as a possible aid to these creative artisans could actually one day render them obsolete Uh, we will start off by discussing writers yeah luckily we already have the brilliance of stephen king laid out and no robot can take that from us as ron hubbard is firmly printed on paper yeah i honestly cannot wait for an AI to write the next religious text <laughs> that's going to keep the uh, world in bondage for the next fucking 5,000 years. Um, <laughs> I honestly can't yeah, wait for that. Yeah. Write me a religious text in the style of L. Ron. That would yeah. Be good. First, <laughs> first draft, best draft. <laughs> now with the introduction of the first generation of text generative software, it's easier than ever to really just kind of conjure up, Uh, stories, scripts, and internet articles with just a really well laid out prompt. Though these early programs that we have now definitely do have their flaws. There's a lot of spelling and grammatical mistakes, kind of the same thing with like data processors having to really like, you know, check all of the work. Also too, these stories will lack kind of that certain human touch that you really need for compelling storytelling. Uh, there's also with internet articles the possibility of like lies and mistruths kind of seeping in from the you know decrepit internet that it's taking its sources from. 
Uh, any text derived from these programs will still require the old red pen. However, AI in the future could cause the demand landscape for what is known as lower quality writing to completely change with an expected coming deluge of subpar novice writers entering that market. Uh, utilizing prompt-driven text-generating programs, really lowering the demand that writers are seeing now. Uh, this kind of goes along with uh, sports journalists, beat writers, uh, creators of these low quality like internet articles, that sort of thing. As for these writers, they could be in danger of in the short term, seeing their demand and pay greatly decrease. This is due to the lack of skill needed by newcomers with little or no writing ability. They could also use these programs to create similar, similar quality work with only minor changes needing to be made after the computer spits out in second, what used to take a medium-skilled writer hours to complete. Yeah, yeah. Um, could even make us obsolete, Phil, but... <laughs> we'll talk about us later. Um, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing I've noticed about AI right now, just speaking right now, okay? Yeah. If you want them to write a story, they're basically taking ideas from writings that already exist, right? There's no fresh yes. ideas, which I think is kind of the initial problem. I think with writing, too, the, the AI would have to have like a little bit of an emotional experience to have like its own unique writing or some sort of a memory that they're pulling from to create a good book, I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? A good book, not just... If you want a low-quality book, there's plenty of them on the Amazon <laughs> tablet <laughs> fucking marketplace for 99 cents. But yeah, the clickbait writers, you know, sports journalists, yep. beat writers, I don't even know if you can consider them medium-skilled writers right now anyway, because all they ever... I mean, in my opinion... All you ever see is them trying to make up shit to get people to look at it. Yeah, horribly spelled, grammatical errors every. Yeah, I, misleading. I articles. can't imagine how many of these companies put shit out without like reading it first. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's all in the headline, which obviously I think an AI could learn what headlines get people attention. I could definitely see that. You know what I mean? Right now, you really can't see the AI that we have taking a lot of the jobs. It'll make generating ideas a lot easier for the people already doing the job. Uh, this is like down the road. I'm kind uh, of talking about yeah. when it. So whenever I'm talking about it stealing people's jobs, I'm talking about like well down the road when these things get like these programs get better and better. It's yeah. not like yeah. someone can open up chat GPT now and put out something that steals like a professional writer's job. If they, I mean, if they're already a decent writer and it just helps them come up with better stuff. But I imagine that a lot of these like lower quality writers are probably also using chat GPT too. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a very good point. Quick question for you. I know you're not as big into like reading as I like I am, right? But is it yeah. just me or, you know, obviously when you think of like the last big name writer that I can think of in recent years is like either the chick who wrote Twilight or 
the girl who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey or the or J.K. Rowling's and like everyone else is like one book splash and then they're just disappeared forever. Yeah, it's amazing that? if you go if like into Barnes and Noble. Sometimes I'll go in there just to find like a, a a new book to read. Yeah, it is incredible how many books are just kind of like on the you know the new release shelf. Then they maybe go back onto a kind of background shelf and then they're just gone. That sort of thing. I honestly, the other thing I've noticed too, I don't know if you've noticed this, is something like the only thing that can really help an author's book become solidified nowadays is if either Netflix makes a show or a movie out of it or if Hollywood (laughs) makes a fucking movie out of it. It has to be a success outside of its own. Yeah. Like being a medium. Yeah. It has to be bigger than being a book. Yeah. Definitely. It could be this beautiful book, but nobody bothers to like read it because they don't know it exists until they see a TV adaptation of it. And they're like, oh, I want to know what the book's like. Yeah. uh, Publishers nowadays, the margins are so low that they're not willing to take a chance. Yeah. That's mostly for like books and stuff. I'm more talking about like people who work for corporations or for kind of like you know, internet outlets, that sort of thing of writing, um, like writing stuff for the internet. I will talk about people who write for like books and all that stuff, like a little bit later, but yeah, this is mostly talking about people who kind of the day to day writers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. People who write scripts, articles, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Scripts, scripts would be a big one, wouldn't it? Yeah, for TV shows and movies, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, it's not funny so, anyway, so why not just let AI do it? Yeah, everything's too woke now anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's funny. So that's all really in the medium term. Uh, in the long term, demand for like that low-skilled writing could completely evaporate as these programs really just kind of write the articles for companies in real time with no human oversight needed as the finished product pretty much is good enough to go out to market right away. Once the text generative programs develop far enough to completely shed their human training wheels and be trusted to generate the finished product. However, the ability of the top writers to conjure up expertly laid out storylines and intriguing dialogue, I believe will still be in demand. Uh, kind of like the people you were talking about, like writing the books and writing the big time movies. Uh, these early programs really lack the ability to actually fully create stories, kind of like you mentioned. Uh, more taking from content already available, creating the best text it can with the given parameters from the person who well, put in that prompt. This will mean that demand for the best writers will still remain and even possibly one day even increase, though it will turn these master writers into what I believe artisans than professionals. Much like a master woodworker nowadays has much less demand than they did a century ago, though they demand a much higher rate than something that is like factory generated. Yeah. Which is pretty much what these AI kind of, you know, generated stories will be. Articles will be. Yeah. Fucking Amish. We know them. Bastards. They charge a premium for their woodworking. (laughs) But uh, Oh, definitely. Like $800 for a Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I will say this. There is one sect of entertainment that could really use like they need AI right now to help them with making like conducive scripts 
And I think that is the porn industry. I think they could AI making like a good storyline with the porno could go a long way for them. See, that's interesting. Really, the demand for kind of like storyline porn, like I was thinking about this a little bit, like the demand for like what we saw like in the storyline kind of stuff, you know, that's really gone away. Now it's just kind of like the quick quick hit stuff, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's I, kind of weird. People aren't really paying for porn anymore. So now it's, you know, it's, it's very cheap, comes out really quick. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I, I was being more... uh obtuse there phil but um it'd be amazing if an ai would create like a porn storyline you know let's move away from the stepfather sister mother brother let's move into let's let ai make new stuff <laughs> definitely yeah the it would be kind of funny like in the future we'll talk a little bit about it later ai is kind of making like actors and influencers, that sort of thing. It would be crazy to see an AI written, produce, like acted, all of that stuff, porn, where you just let the you just let the AI go and see what they actually put on the screen. That wow. would be that'd be pretty weird. That'd be or like you put something on your head and it just like pulls your fantasy at the moment out of your brain and just puts it on the screen. <laughs> that'd be <laughs> fucking yeah. wild. That would be pretty fucking wild. It would yeah. be pretty scary. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what? Who knows what the AI would take from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like a that's like a horror movie. That's actually a really fucking script for a horror movie. Yeah. But. If you if anybody steals that, you owe me. <laughs> we should cut that part out. Actually, yeah. that's really good. <laughs> so next up in the creative uh, fields that are going to be taken over by AI, uh, musician. Even before the advent of prompt. Uh, driven text programs and kind of all that shit. The ability to create music has become much easier in recent years. This is because the ability to play an instrument, write musical verses, or even sing at a you know high level no longer is really necessary to create quality music. As someone with a pretty basic desktop and a few specialty programs on their computer actually has the ability to do in a few hours what would have taken a room full of people weeks, if not months, just a few decades ago. Uh, much like what will happen to creative writers, the demand for what you can kind of call lower quality music will dwindle. Uh, professions like jingle writers, the creators of background music for like a multitude of projects, uh, think like radio jingles, uh, sound effects in films, podcasts, porn, and television will see their jobs easily taken over by novices with really just little to no skill creating serviceable products for these media companies. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I've already seen AI created music. Um, mm. I got to admit, like, I... <sighs> I feel like music, and maybe I'm just at a certain age, but like current music, 2020s music, to me just sounds so similar to each other. So what's the difference if a fucking AI makes it at this point? Auto-tune is such a big thing, which I hate. And uh, yep. yeah, you know what I mean? So I could definitely see this. A lot of big name artists, people make their music for them already anyway. <laughs> so what's yep. the difference if a fucking robot does it? Pretty much. I mean, somebody with no talent really right now can just kind of sit 
in front of their computer and like make music that you could actually hear on the radio, you know? So they have no talent. They're not able to play any instruments. They're just really good at banging away on the keys and making it happen. I wouldn't so say it's not much different than AI. I wouldn't say low. I wouldn't say no talent, but not as much as like getting four or five people together to play instruments in sync and not kill each other. Um, you know, I'd say that's a lot harder. Yeah, but you can have all of that stuff kind of like computer generated. Now. You don't actually need to record someone playing the guitar. To have guitar. No, no, no. You know. But but as far as like rhythm and like syncing up beats and stuff, there's a little bit of skill to that. Oh, you're talking about people who actually can play music instruments. No, 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 no. Use a computer program to put, you know, let's say you wanted a guitar. You could put a guitar playing in this note for this long and then you kind of, kind of like how we record, you can layer different yeah. tracks, right? It's a lot of like layering dis different instruments together to make a song. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, um, I kind I kind of consider that. I guess that is actually musical ability, um, being able to make it sound good. But I kind of consider that more computer ability, your computer yeah. skills. Yeah, but I think they're. I don't want to negate them, but I think you do have to at least have that feeling, like, oh, this actually sounds good. Or this sounds like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, there are some DJs who actually, they're making all those sounds themselves. I do hate the DJs who kind of make all the stuff at home and then they just push play and then they like pantomime all of the, <laughs> all the different stuff they do. Yeah, we need more DJ Jazzy Jeffs out there. <laughs> yeah, or the celebrities who come in and do the DJ, but really D. they just push play and pretend. DJ Polly D from Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, I think Shaq was doing that for a little bit. Uh, I would see Shaq in a heartbeat. That is a large <laughs> man spinning discs. It would be great. Just to see him up there would be pretty Yeah, hell yeah. But now, moving on. There is going to be a bit of a difference uh, when it comes to musicians uh, than it was for our first example, writers. As unlike creative writing, there most likely will always remain a demand for live music played on actual musical instruments with real humans on the vocals, though the change with these musicians will be with the process that they use to create that music. It will become much easier after this a generative AI reduces the effort needed for everything. Uh, really, a garage band uh, will get more practice in rather than trying to write and you know make their music. Uh, Really, this will leave them to even more fruitful activities such as drugs, hookers, and theme restaurants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will say, yeah, kind of like what you're saying. I think AI, it will be way down the road before they can create the atmosphere. Like seeing a live band can gives you, you know what I mean? Like the performance, how they interact with the crowd, that aspect of live music. I think AI is going to have a hard time touching, but making the music, that's a different thing. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I was kind of going to say it's just like if you went to go see live sports, uh, you know, actual go, go see a football game. You're never going to want to watch robots playing football. You're never going to, no. you know what I mean? You're never going to want 
a NASCAR race with autonomous vehicles. There's no there's no real point in going to see it. There really wouldn't be a point to seeing kind of like live music. It's almost like you're at a bar and the radio's on, but you paid cover to listen to the radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. wouldn't do that. So it's kind of the same situation. I think there's always going to be a market for like live music. I mean, would you pay $300 to go see a aud- a simulated game of Madden? I don't I don't think so. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> we need to see though that if you're CTE a Vi- though if you're a Vikings person. fan, you might <laughs> Yeah, they might actually they might actually win a Super Bowl if it was all fucking robots. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. It's I mean, you just there's some things that you will actually pay money to see, and like robots doing certain tasks is, is not one of them. You need to kind of have humans in to do that. Um, this is more of the kind of like the people who write jingles, like I mentioned. A lot of them will get boosted out, but I think the people who actually like still kicking it old school kind of deal, still playing the instrument, still singing, have real ability. Uh, maybe they'll be auto-tuned to fuck, you know, who knows, but... They'll, you know, they'll be up there. That sort of situation. I'll tell you what, my death metal and extreme metal genre will be safe for a while because unless they've got a super edgy, antagonistic, sad boy AI writing their music, <laughs> they're it's going to have a hard time. A hot topic fucking AI. I don't know. They won't start out with that one. <laughs> just ask the AI to write me a sad song in the style of a teenager who cuts themselves. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Robot, just keep saying Hail Satan over and over and write a beautiful song, please. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so, the last example for the creative field that we're going to discuss today is that of graphic designer. Now, anyone in this career field, really in the short term, I think will definitely benefit from having this AI, uh, the prompt-driven programs that I've mentioned before, like DALI, already are going to make like generating images and art uh, really quick. It'll kind of give you like multiple ideas. Uh, you know, it might kind of spark your imagination and let you put out your own work of art just with some weird thing that DALI kind of creates for you. However, just like with our previous two examples, lower and mid-quality graphic designers may begin to see a lot more competition in the future. Uh, Probably at first, there's going to be a lot of novices entering their career field. Eventually, corporations and companies may even no longer find the need to take bids from outside graphic design firms or small time kind of like you know, people on their own, they might actually find someone in-house who can do this work on the side, just as kind of like, you know, during their lunch break or something, which may have actually netted firms, you know, thousands of dollars in the past, uh, creating really just kind of similar quality work. And this is in the future. This is not now. I'm not talking about like the shit that's made now. I'm talking about like years and years down the line. Some of the products that will be probably taken over is things like, you know, posters, flyers, business cards, uh, advertisements, and internet marketing. This could all be done in the future with just a program. It could spit out tons of examples of perfectly serviceable finished work with almost little to no human quality control actually needed. Though, just like with the most skilled writers, there will most likely always remain a market for like high-end artwork. 
people who are like really good at graphic design or even people like who paint or do sculptures, that sort of thing. Yeah. There might also be kind of like a, a want for like the old days, just like with the music of people who want like, oh, someone actually painted this for me, that sort of thing. I I I don't know if you found it, but I have a s- strong feeling that the graphic design assisted AI is already like probably being used quite a bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. A lot of the images you see kind of like growing up on Instagram seems like it's already kind of like made by that. You know, they'll they'll ask for some weird picture of, you know, Aaron Rodgers with the legs of a horse or some bull, weird <laughs> bullshit like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now it's probably Aaron Rodgers with the legs of a horse getting shot. But <laughs> I've seen a lot of like weird shit on the on a, on the Instagram like that. Yeah. I don't know if it's exactly like Dolly, but I know there is a few more than just that. That's just the one that was made by OpenAI that I, I wanted to mention. I've seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers memes this week where it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, when the wife asked me how long I'm going to last in the bedroom tonight and then a picture of Aaron Rodgers shows <laughs> up. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers coming onto the yep, yeah with the flag. Oh, <laughs> I definitely saw that one. Yeah, God, that's so good. Oh my God, that's so fucking good. Yeah. Also, people who kind of are in the same not not necessarily the same, uh, but similar are architects. I believe that architects are really going to feel the squeeze like in the future. Obviously, the high end architects, like the big names, are still going to be needed. But a lot of the work that maybe some of their staff or the lower level architects do won't really be needed. A lot of them might have trouble finding jobs out there. So maybe even like having less people in the architecture, like field, that sort of thing. I feel like AI for solving the math aspect of architecture could be very beneficial to make, you know, not that architects aren't good at their job, but I'm just saying like, making sure the dimensions and everything are perfect for safety and all that shit. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Imagine creating, basically having AI create you the perfect city pretty much. Yeah. That sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. Uh, that would be a really good thing right now. We really do have probably the, ug- this is the ugliest architecture has probably been in the fucking course of human history <laughs> since, since we all lived in caves pretty right much, now? I'm guessing. Right now? Oh, like yeah. skyscrapers and stuff? You're not a fan? Well, let me, let me, probably now it look, they look better. Uh, the stuff that they were do, putting up like back in the nineties and thousand and two thousands. A lot of that stuff. A lot of the buildings that we see now are like that really crappy kind of like office building. Look. Yeah. Everything yeah. looks like a shitty office building. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now they're starting to make things out of like glass and kind of more artsy. But it was back in the 90s and 2000s when everything was very, you know, uh, practical, that sort of thing. Everything looked like a concrete box. Yeah. Almost like a a strip mall. That's the way I think of it. You know, like... uh how popular strip malls were, and then... Yep. Yeah, it just... I'm kind of glad those are going away. Yep. Every... there, No building had really any style to it. It was all just, like, this is a place where you go buy things. Yeah. Go buy things. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I get you what you mean. Yeah. Stadiums, too. Stadiums are looking really crazy, like, nowadays. Yeah. For about, what, yeah. 30 years? They were just basically, like, big bowls that would have people in them. 
now they're like like the one in Minnesota and Dallas. There are some pretty crazy ones coming out. Yeah, the one here almost, I don't even know what kind of a fucking shape it is, but it's like a trapezoid or some shit. It's weird looking. Yeah. You go from having the mega dome to that fucking thing. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> completely different. Way different. Now, I shouldn't say that it's going to be all doom and gloom for everyone out there. There are going to be some careers that really for the time being are kind of seen as irreplaceable by machines. Some examples of these jobs are careers in health and human services. Uh, they still need to lend their human touch to kind of, you know, treat patients, make them feel better, uh, render care to those in need. Also, elementary school teachers, children, they really need that human interaction to learn and develop at the young age. Though high school teachers and college professors, their careers could be at risk as, you know, as the older that the students get, they don't really need the human as much. At the top of all these companies, the high-level executives, the high-level HR people, basically the people making all the money in these operations, they'll still be there. Not as much as, you know, they'll be needed. Someone has to be there to make the money. Also, someone needs to be there. Also, someone needs to be there to make sure that the cattle all steer in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. I, so I can have a little input as someone who works in the healthcare field um, mm -hmm. where I work right now currently they do use or are attempting to use an AI assisted device with the procedures so more or less what this thing's designed to do is to help the doctor like find polyps and stuff right like it will when they're doing it it will make a little box on the screen where the, it's spotting it does if that makes sense um, oh yeah definitely that makes sense yeah but i will say this it is a helpful tool but the technology is not good enough where it can it's like 100 percent accurate you know what i mean but it's just the beginning of the ai assisting in seeing things that i would say like the human eye can't see as well you know what i mean Definitely, yeah. You still, <laughs> you still need the doctor there. It kind of sounds like facial recognition for uh, your poop shoot. It, it pretty much is. It pretty much is. It's like uh, they've been using it like a year now, I think, or so. I don't really know how well it's working because you never hear them talk about it. But you know, when you're advancing technology, there's always like a lot of stepping stones before you yeah. get to where it you want to go. Yeah, kind of what you were mentioning too. Uh, a lot of what I was reading was the best way to think of all this is like AI as a tool. So it's not something that's going to immediately kick all these people out of their work. Kind of like how any other invention in the past, it not only eliminated the need for some workers, but it also kind of created new jobs. So AI could actually create new jobs on top of the ones that it's losing, just like how the Industrial Revolution you know, got rid of the need for a shit ton of like an army of workers. Now it only needed a factory full of workers, uh, that sort of thing. It got rid of a lot of jobs, but it also created a lot more jobs too for support. So yeah. it could be the same situation. Yeah, that's kind of how I always saw it going. Like, unfortunately, we're not going to be living in like uh, that surrogates movie where we just get in our little robot <laughs> body and go live. <laughs> 
and never leave her yeah, home. Or, but uh, yeah, or the paid victim body, like that one weird dude had. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy. Was a crazy movie. Yeah, yeah. But, so finally, we were going to end today's discussion with a career field that many wouldn't really think about. Uh, actually being taken over by computer programs and that job is actors and internet personality yeah our jobs might be in danger in the future i say fucking bring them on um (laughs) because we ain't getting paid shit anyway so (laughs) well how are they gonna hurt us like uh, yeah bring it on robots but yeah the actors i think that's why the uh strike is going on right I don't know if that's the the what it's all about. From what I've heard, it's a lot about the streaming sites kind of hiding their numbers so that they don't have to pay the ah. actors and writers and all those people as much money. But there is, I guess, some worry about a lot of people like in the entertainment industry losing their jobs to AI in the future, like writers and you know, yeah. people like that. Yeah, they've been striking for quite a while. The the yeah, writers. it's been it's been going on all summer. Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, John Oliver hasn't been on in months, and I know that is because of the writer strike. Yeah, it is so crazy to think that a lot of the podcast people, people who make podcasts like the bigger ones, there's not a lot of like actors who have them, but they're all comedians. And they don't really have that same kind of obligation that all the people in these like writers guilds and actors guilds have. So they can still like, we still have podcasts. So if you don't watch, like if you're like me and you don't watch really TV at all, nothing's really changed. Yeah. I have all my podcasts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying like the people who, the celebrities who host podcasts now? Yeah. A lot of them are comedians that I listen to. So well, I don't, I haven't lost a lot of my show. The rise of D-list celebrities with a podcast is astounding. Yeah, that is true. Uh, there's a shit ton of them that you like have no idea they were podcasting. But finishing off this whole thing with deep fakes and computer generated video on the rise recently, it's not hard to imagine a world where seeing real humans in advertisements, television, movies, even on social media really no longer occurs as these men and women are all hired to act in their projects and promote their goods and services. And as fake actors and influencers become lifelike and cost-effective, we could see a world where humans are no longer actually pictured in any of the media that we consume. I don't know if I would care. I mean, I, okay. I, okay. Not media. I thought I was thinking more commercials. But, um, mm. yeah, influencers, I don't know. I could take them or leave them, I guess. How do you feel? Oh, definitely influencers. I wouldn't give I don't. Yeah, I'm not uh, too huge on the influencers. Um, the advertisements, definitely, if they just wanted to do AI, you know, uh, we'll kind of talk about, like, how it may change in the future for if they kind of have, you know, AI-generated humans in advertisements. Really, though, there was a Dark Mirror episode where they talked about uh, actors and actresses like licensing out their likeness and kind of like making shows really without using like the actors at all. They're just kind of, you know, going off their looks and their fame and allowing these companies to kind of like make them into movies that they never have to act in. That sort of deal. I'll tell you what, if they harm Woody Harrelson, I'm making my own liquid T-1000. 
to take out all these <laughs> fucking robots. Definitely. It's kind of weird to think about, but you're probably not that far off from like only really seeing advertisement, kind of like the the still shots where people are like wearing clothes, you know, you know, drinking sodas, that sort of thing with you know, fake people, like people who aren't really like real in real life. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Uh, maybe the AI would be better. So it's not like a commercial where people are dancing and stuff and they're talking about a medication for hepatitis C and they're like all happy and excited. And it's, I don't know if hepatitis C is really this happy guys. I mean, they're all just thrilled yeah. to have fucking chronic, uh, <laughs> chronic diarrhea. Yeah. Basically just like, Jesus, and, man. uh, and then as it goes through the list of side effects and yeah. they're just horrible side, you would rather have chronic diarrhea. Yeah, some of these side yeah. effects and one of the side effects is chronic diarrhea my favorite is, is like telling all that and then there's like two old people who are having this romantic dinner and they're kissing and stuff and i'm just like this pill will get you fucking again yeah yeah <laughs> so uh next up and really just to finish this off we're gonna talk about some upsides that could be you know having these computer generated actors and influences and not having real people so the first one is they won't have the ability to refuse a job that might go against their morals or values. Basically, you can make the actors, the little puppets, do whatever you want. That is true. That is very true. Really, though, I mean, this is kind of going for a lot of the people who might have, if their Christian values get in the way of them representing a certain company or certain values, uh, they might not want to do it. A lot of the woke stuff, too. Uh, really, com companies won't have this problem anymore when it's all just AI generated. So you can just have you know whatever you want up on the screen. That is very true. That is very true. Next up, you'll no longer need to worry about like the public face of your organization falling from grace. So really, when they're not real anymore, you don't have to worry about them kind of popping up in a you know crack den. <laughs> or at some like the middle of some sex scandal or something that they did 20 years ago yeah. really you know it's yeah. they're just gonna be fake yeah so. yeah i mean for now until the robots start doing it doing that <laughs> the robots stop co start copying us yeah they they will have a fall from grace as well the robot orgies yeah definitely yeah yeah <laughs> These companies will never have to worry about their actors aging out of their intended market. Uh, basically, they just stay young forever. They can use them generation after generation. Yeah, so this would be really helpful for someone like Nick Alvocado, who, um, mm. do you know him? No, I don't. So he's one of those people who does those, I, I can't remember if it's called Buck Mai or Bong Mi or something like that, where they like eat a whole shitload of food. For like YouTube or whatever. And they have pictures of that guy in the beginning is like a tiny little guy. Now he is like a morbidly Huge. obese man. And he's I, I he probably is gonna be dead within the next like ten years. Oh, okay. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. I see that on Instagram all the time. Yeah. They show the side by side of him and his female friend. Yeah. And both of them are skinny when they started and now they're both huge. Yeah. Just like putting down piles of food. Yeah. 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 See, AI would be good for that. Save people some heart attacks and shit. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to put a lot of people out of jobs. 
So a lot of people are going to be sitting on their couch getting, you know, getting a little hefty themselves. But <laughs> true. Yeah. Next up, really, these companies can send out the same ad. However, they could use a model that would actually fit each individual's like ideal human, like their own personal attractions. Kind of like you were talking about before with the porn. Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. it'll know exactly like what you need to like to sell it to you. So it, like I'm watching TV and in every single commercial, there's a big booty Latina. Whenever yep. I'm watching TV and I'm just like constantly wanting to buy that product. Yeah. I was what I was going to say for you. It'd be the big booty Latina's just trying to sell you everything and everything. <laughs> yeah, I I would be in trouble. Please don't do that, guys. Please, I I end up <laughs> being even poorer than I am. Oh God, my house is filled with Amazon boxes. Yeah. God damn you, Bezos. <laughs> and the last bullet, the one that I actually uh, did not put in your script because I wanted to be a little bit of a surprise, but you already brought it up. Let's not forget porn. Yeah, yeah. AI generated porn, um, maybe not quite the Black Mirror episode that I thought about. Yep, something that's completely fake but looks absolutely real. That would uh, start getting pretty wild. Also, if you think about it, you could basically have it put any actress or actor uh, that you wanted in the scene, like rather than who was really like in it, or even if it, you know, not in it at all, and it would look like that person, like to a T. That would be pretty crazy. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. Hmm. I wonder if also if, you know, obviously porn sites have insane and excessive advertisements on them. Right. Can you imagine the AI porn and then the AI generated fucking advertisements on your screen? You'd go crazy. (laughs) You just never get away from it. I just I. Oh, my God. There there's one I've seen recently. And it literally says, you're going to have to fuck old grannies. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Uh, weird <laughs> advertisement. Weird advertisement. Yeah, I've seen that one yeah. too. That's <laughs> and you almost want to like show people the craziness of it. But then you're like, oh, yeah, then I'll be telling them that I'm looking at porn. So I can't <laughs> tell them about it. And then you're going straight to HR. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Absolutely. All right, Phil. Well, now that we're all done, on one to ten, ten being the most extreme, how afraid of the incoming AI are you? So I actually think that like by the time we really start seeing mass layoffs, mass job losses, before they figure out what to do with people, I think that we're both probably going to be at least out of a job, if not dead. So... I think that this is like decades down the line. Some people think it's going to never happen. Some people think it's going to happen like in a couple of years. So um, I don't really know. But I mean, I could see us being dead before real, real thinking AI kind of comes comes about, you know. Yeah, I I think I might be on the end that I think it'll be a lot sooner than we think not necessarily like terminator but Mm. just like having ai with a conscious i guess my theory is ai is going to do a whole lot of good at first and then people are going to learn how to do what humans do and manipulate it for their own benefit that's 
pretty much every good idea or anything that has benefited people eventually gets twisted yep. in a way where it like harms people. Uh, I have a feeling AI will do that exact same path. Yeah, eventually every invention gets t- that sort of thing. Yeah, like it's just if you just think up things that are obsolete now that were really good at one time, it's usually gone because a few people ruined it for everybody. That's true. Yeah. yeah so um, really, people are like all the articles that I read basically said like you have to th- you have to think about these. It's not really AI yet. That's what one big thing that I kind of read a lot was this is not real AI. What we're seeing. It's more like super algorithm. Also, too, oh. this is just a tool. That's sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. My I'm for my one optimistic outlook on AI. I theorize I'm speculating and my bold prediction is that AI is going to be utilized for finding cures for things. I know you're more skeptical of this, Philip, but uh, I think at first it's going to be used to help solve some of the more complicated diseases. No, humanity needs to bounce off of bottom before that'll happen. (laughs) So there's no way that the pharma, not in a capitalist society, there's no way the pharmaceutical companies will allow anything to be healed. Very true. They will keep you sick and alive yes. and in pain. Yes. Okay. See, we got differing opinions on that. I mean, I trust me, I do not like big pharmaceuticals. But there's <laughs> a lot of countries in the world that aren't as evil as the United States of America. So maybe yeah, we got to Their governments have already been put down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine like a pharmaceutical private army that destroys anybody who tries to like solve diseases? Dear God, that's a that's a movie right there, Phil. The Opium Wars yeah. of the of the 21st century. Yeah, just giant opiate tablets with machine guns that attack people. <laughs> um, but all right, we've been going for a long time here, Phil. So if anybody wants to contact us, including AI, where can they do that? Well, you can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. I uh, love to hear from everybody. If you got any ideas for episodes, anything like that, uh, hit us up. Also, you want to hit us up? You can do it on Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, same thing. We like all the likes, all the shares, everything like that. Got some great uh, ideas for an episode. Can't believe we haven't done Men in Black yet, but we got that episode idea. So thank you for that. Cody also has his own Instagram account. What is that, Cody? You can follow me at Cody Sabub. Give me a follow. Send me a message if you want. Do whatever you like. The last thing we ask you guys to do is log on to iTunes. Leave a show five-star review, preferably written. Doesn't particularly matter what you type in the box. If an army of AI want to um, leave us a review, we would appreciate you guys as well. Uh, if you're a Spotify listener, it's even simpler Just hit five stars, hit submit, and you're done nice and easy. Thank you to everyone who's taking time to do that for us as well. Well, Phil, excellent episode. I think it's a very relevant topic to modern society, and I'm glad we got to talk about it. See you guys next time. Thanks, guys.